it had been shit, I would have said it was shit. Alright, what's my worst song? Your worst song? Go on. I was going to ask what my best song is, but I feel like this is way better. <laughs> hey, I'm Elle Devine and you're listening to Growing Pains. Today I'm joined by none other than the man, the myth, the legend, my dad, Nigel Devine. <laughs> He's Newcastle's infamous social butterfly, bit of a questionable reputation, but I know everyone would agree that he has a heart of pure gold. A few years ago, he started his own company, Orbis Support, which is an organisation that supports people with learning disabilities and complex needs, as well as being the absolute rock for every single one of his friends and family. So let me tell you a bit about this, Dad. As you know, I'm a singer-songwriter, and my main inspiration when it comes to songwriting are my experiences navigating through adolescence. So I decided it would be a cool idea to invite my friends, my family, and just generally cool people to the recording studio and chat about their own coming-of-age stories. Hi, Dad. Hello. Thanks for coming down to London, all the way from Newcastle. I'm delighted to be here. (laughs) My pleasure. Um, So to start off, to break the ice, I asked you to bring a photo of you when you were a a (laughs) coming-of-age teenager. So... Um, what have you got for it? Well, it's interesting, really, because it, it's two things. It's connected to music, and it's based in London. It's a picture of myself and John Peel, who was a huge hero of mine. And about oh, 1981, however long ago that was, um, myself and a couple of friends came down to London to mm-hmm. collect a um, petition, signatures for a petition, to get a, a venue, a music venue, opened up in Newcastle. And, I didn't uh, know that was why you were down here. That's so cool. Yeah. And uh, we met John Peel and uh, had a brief chat with him. And he said, I'm a bit busy at the moment, but if you come down next Friday, I'll meet you for a beer and you can come on my show. That's so cool. So and you came down, you came on the show? The following week, we came down, weren't expecting him to be there. And he was there on the dot. And, that's uh, so cool. What a legend. It was an amazing experience. And uh, as a result of that, my friends got sessions with John Peel and... He signed his signature, supported um, what, what became Riverside, which was a, oh, a, an oh, amazing Oh, was that the venue, venue that you got open? Well, So you I were behind, well, yeah. I was were... a re- very, very minimal part, but my wow, friend Keith so Jeffries cool. became the guy who, who drove that. And I think absolutely every band you can imagine, uh, from uh, from Oasis to Elvis Costello, to I mean, every, every person and band you can think of. Uh, played there. Sadly, it closed down a few years ago, mm-hmm. but it was there for a generation and influenced a lot of people. That's so cool. What were you wearing on this pic? What's it like? What's it, what's going on with your hair? And you like? Was that like the? I think was I that like? A, we, were you cool at the time? Were you like? I, I think I hoped I was. I was. It was kind of secondhand, punky-ish. I was with a band called Darkness and Jive, who I wasn't in the band, but they were my, my friends who eventually got a session. And I think I had like That's a mohair cool. jumper with a stripy top and a jacket with some badges on, which was kind of cool. cool that time. is pretty cool. Uh, who who was that person? Like in that photo, you could like describe that person. What would you what would you say about them? That person was probably somebody who was trying to find their way. Really, um, I was maybe trying to be a part of something that I didn't really feel I, I belonged to. Like. Um, you know, I always felt that I wasn't the coolest person. I always felt that the people in the band were cooler than me, that um, 
that I had something to live up to in in a sense. But they were good good friends. I just couldn't play any instruments um, and didn't really feel I was as cool as them. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in a place called Wall's End, which is about four miles away from Newcastle, mm-hmm. um, in between where you grew up, Whitley Bay and Newcastle. Yeah. And so at the time it was a real working class shipbuilding uh, town. Um, there was 26,000 people employed at the bottom of my street uh, building ships that sailed across the world uh, in Swan Hunters. Uh, it had coal mines. Um, it was a hard place to grow up. It was um, it was it was rough, but but uh, you know it had something about it that I think you know I never ever forget. And yeah. even now, having lived there twenty years, I would still say I'm from that town. I'm yeah. from that community. And funny enough, Sting grew up round the corner from me, about a yeah. hundred yards, and and went to the same primary school. And uh, was he in what? Yeah, was he was he in was he he's younger than you, right? Older than you. Sting's younger than me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Is <laughs> he's he old? about ten years older than is me? It, oh, I, think I didn't he know is, that. Yeah. I thought you were like the same yeah. age. Sting was a, a, a. I think he's nearing seventy now. Sting. Really? Yeah, oh, absolutely. God. Oh, he um, looks good. You need to like but, yeah. ask him for his um, skincare routine or something. What was school like for you? I think in my early years, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm from a family of like five kids. And I mean, you probably know the stories. We, we didn't really have a great deal of cash. And um, what was yeah. that like at home, like growing up with like all uh, Honestly, it was really tough. You know what I mean? Really? It was it was it was very tough. I think um, my dad didn't work a great deal. So so I remember like um, as a kid, um, the the big influence I think on on my career in terms of uh, supporting people with with their autism and disabilities and the human rights is all born from being on things like free dinners and stuff. And I remember thinking this is horrendous that they call you know kids free out dinners, and say here's your ticket, like, different colour ticket, yeah. you're on free dinners. And I remember that just the humility and the shame yeah. of that at the time. And but I always I, I do recall thinking this is wrong. And I think it's always. It's kind of instilled this fight into me to mm-hmm. when I see those kind of injustices, I think, you know, they have to be challenged. Um, I was a little bit naughty and a little bit mischievous. Yeah. And I remember um, they, were, they had issues with me with the, we used to call him the wag man. I, that meant somebody who played truant. There was a, there was a, um, there was a guy who used to come around and, and try and catch kids who were playing truant from school. So I remember going through a phase where I hardly went to school, which I mm. deeply regret now. And then um, that clearly impacted on on my um, exams. Um, but I used to do like interesting things with my mates and go places yeah. that I wouldn't dream of. You know, like when you were a kid, of uh, allowing that to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like what? Give us a give us well, a story of like the naughtiest we, thing you did. Naughtiest things. I mean, we used to. Go to pubs, you know, fourteen. No, but at fourteen in school times, we would pinch things. We would do. We'd go off for. I remember going to Liverpool one day on a train, randomly with a couple of friends, and and and, and nobody knew until we got thrown off the um, train. But 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 I always had like this this thing that I, I guess 
I, one of the things in growing up in War's End is you were destined to go to the shipyards. So so it was just like seen as a formality that you left school and you got a trade at the shipyards. And for some reason, I never, ever wanted to do that. I thought I'll never go yeah. into the, the, the shipyards. So every like everyone your age was expected to go away? Most people, I think there were only, when I went to school, there was only, I'm sure it was only six people went to university from mm-hmm. my year. So it was very different era, um, different expectations. I think for 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 kids, like and uh, the expectation was you went to school, you went to, sorry, you went to the shipyards, you went to the social club, you got married, you, yeah. you know, you, and I never ever wanted that really. Yeah. Apart from the marriage, I did get married <laughs> eventually. Well, I got married a few times actually. <laughs> um. Twice. What? Well, um, <laughs> um, yeah. Twice married, one engagement. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we don't need, don't need to go into that. Well, a lot of love. <laughs> Did you have any embarrassing moments? Or, like, what was, like, the most awkward thing about being a teenager? I remember, like, I mean, this is, like, I think it was an embarrassing moment. I could probably think of a few. But I remember once, like, one of the teachers... Um, I'd done something, I, I can't remember what it was. It wasn't, you know, really bad... But he, we were at PE, and I remember at those in those days you could um, you could hit the kids. So he decided to um, I had to be hit. I had bend over. I had shorts on. I remember and he hit us with a with a um, trainer. Um, uh, like I think it was an umbro trainer. Oh. The reason I say that is because he left the imprint uh, no. on my backside, and I remember like physically being sick with the pain. Oh but then going God. home and telling my parents, if it had somebody done that to you, they, yeah, I would you have been, been, I would have been in jail. And your parents and, and they were like, "What have like, you well, done? You what did it? you do uh, wrong?" I never. So I never, so I remember that. That was a bit embarrassing. When do you think that changed? Like when did that? When did that shift? That if I told you that you would be straight at school and have, like got them sat. Like obviously, I, I, you're not allowed to hit kids anymore. But like if I know, I, well, then that was in the seventies uh, that happened. Um, so I guess it's maybe started to change late, maybe late 80s, because I remember the time, like, um, the politics, uh, you know, the, even things started, to, in my opinion, started to go backwards. So in the, like, Margaret Thatcher came in mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know, I'm not a big fan of, of, of Tories in any shape, way, shape or form. But I remember things like um, they started to, to do stuff around, like, um, not talking about gay people in schools. I think it was called... Was it Section Twenty Eight or something like that? Um, uh, so it went backwards, I think, in the early eighties, and then my opinion is that it started to change in the in the, in the late eighties, and right. uh, and we started to become more liberal and accepting. And I yeah. definitely, work-wise, I can remember when I started work, seeing people coming out of hospitals, for example, the community being the thing that you know mm-hmm. was important for people and. And a lot of changes, you know, really positive changes uh, yeah. came about. Um, so it probably changed about that time. Which song did you have on repeat when you were a teenager? Songs that I play, and I still play it to this day, um, Rock Lobster mm-hmm. uh, by the B-52s. <laughs> I just love that because I remember going to like, this disco or whatever um Fleetwood Mac some of Fleetwood Mac songs yeah I mean 1977 I think rumors came out I would have been about 16 then 
and that I remember thinking is it cool to be into men back then or was it I don't think because I always remember you telling me that you liked you you loved a lot of music that everyone thought wasn't cool oh yeah I'll tell you who I I really loved and and, and I got loads of grief for it was um, Billy Joel yeah 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 yeah. this is what we were talking about so I got and that's why I think you know talking about before when like what my mates were like musicians and talented and punky and trendy and cool and so I, and they would be like, oh, you like Billy Joel, which is interesting because one of them recently was saying how much they liked Billy Joel. Joel yeah. And I said, I'm just 30, he- 30 years ahead of you. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> and my friends and I went on that little tour with U2 in the first album. Yeah, you love this story. Tell that story quickly, actually. Because oh, so, uh, so that m- is cool. Me and my friends went um, off. I didn't even know who they were initially, but he said, come on this six-day tour with you two. And it was, I mean, again, it was early 80s, I think it was. So we ended up going with them. Not, not many people knew who they were, but we got on pretty well with them. Then we ended up going with, on a, I think it was 30 or 40 gigs in the, mm-hmm. Europe and stuff like that. And as we were going along with them, they were getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I think at the end of the tour, they got number one album. We didn't see them again. Um and off we went to different lives. And then 25 years later or something, somebody got an email um, saying, hey, the lads were like going to a diary or something like that and had the names of people who were there back in the day when oh, we first started off. Like, so cool. can you make contact? And they said, you can come and see us at any gig, anywhere. And, and I was like, wow, you know what I mean? I thought I hadn't followed them, you know, you know religiously for a long time, but... I just thought that was a pretty cool thing to do. That mm-hmm. uh, remember people. Did, you went to the show, right? Or did you went to the show and um, didn't you get Auntie Lisa and Auntie Julian? Yeah, backstage? my sisters. <laughs> they embarrassed themselves. Like, yeah, it was As screaming for Bono and uh, yeah, drunk and uh, disorderly, and <laughs> embarrassing. So they ruined it for us. But apart from that, them um, it was lovely because the. I don't know, it's one of those things, isn't it? Did they recognise us or not? But they were like, oh, my God, it's been oh. 25 years. Oh, I'm like, well. I bet you don't know my name, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. But no, it was, it was, a, it was so a fantastic cool. thing to do. the biggest difference between growing up in the 60s and 70s when you did compared to someone growing up right now um i think a lot more acceptance i suppose in in, in a sense now I, if i look back and i always say with this um there was one lad in 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 my year who i knew was gay just one person mm-hmm. um and I think that's very different now. Mm-hmm. Um, there weren't any people with disabilities in my, in my school. Really? I think parenting was different. Yeah. I mean, if I'll be honest with you, like the town that I was from, like blokes were blokes and you, you, you didn't, you know, demonstrate your love. Some guys would have done. Yeah. But it was very, very different in terms of the roles, I guess, you know right. what I mean, like between men and women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that, that was different. So yeah, I would, I would say the I don't Do know social it? media wasn't around. I mean, I think you cannot escape that, or you know. It's I mean, God, if you some of the things that you did when you were younger, if they were <laughs> online, <laughs> I well, don't know if you'd, I would, you. I don't know. 
but I, and I, I think you're right. I think that, like, see, when the, in my work, like some of the people that I work with will have files going back to when they're, they're children, mm-hmm. and I always say to people that you know people that read those files and see them in a negative light. And I was saying if you'd kept a file on me from being a child yeah. going through my you know you know my childhood, my adolescence, my you know in my adulthood, you know I would have tons of labels attached to me as well. So I think that you know yeah the biggest the biggest difference is, is for me social media and the negative impact that can have on yeah. on young people and I'm thinking in a sense I try to protect you and and Sophie from that uh, growing growing up as much as I could. Is there any um, of your younger self that you see in in me? Uh, yeah, if definitely. so, what? Humor, definitely. I think passion for for issues and um, like. I think that the big difference between me and you is that I, I it took me longer to to get the confidence to be able to stand up for myself and challenge and and um, and I think possibly that was around education initially, but mm-hmm. I think that I think you definitely got my that that, that kind of banter and and I think you're into the rights of people and I think you're like. Um, I think you've got like a lot of courage, and you know you can be ballsy when you when when you need to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Thank you. And obviously, you, you mean you are both beautiful. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I get that from my mum definitely. Um, <laughs> is there any advice that you would give to me? Um, just be yourself. You know, I really that's what I admire about you. Really, I think you. Yeah. I think that's an, the nice thing about our relationship. I don't think you you need to give me any advice, really. Yeah. Not that I've like I don't, I don't like I don't know. I always I've always felt like as your equal rather than like yeah. a parent. Like not you are a parent. You no, are a no, great parent. But I've you know some you know some kids that you see in the in parents try to dictate their whole lives and plan out their lives for them. Yeah. And I've always just felt as yeah. I I totally agree with you. I think. I always had this thing about you when when you first started to write music and perform music, and I've seen lots of parents and who've you know like sat on the touchline of their son's football match and yeah. been screaming or yeah. or at the you know the the daughter's um, you know performance somewhere. And yeah. You know, you and I have seen those families yeah. when we've been touring. You know what I mean? The adulation. <laughs> yeah, that they totally, hundred percent. And and I would always if. You know, the first time you sent me a song, I think you would know and I would know that if it had been shit, I would have said it was shit. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I certainly wouldn't want you out there like thinking you were the best thing since sliced bread when you weren't. Yeah. And, and I, no, but <laughs> yeah, you definitely told me some things are shit. But but yeah, I would. I would. I All think right, what's my worst song? <laughs> your worst song. Go on. I was going to ask what my best song is, but I feel like this is way better. <laughs> Your worst song. Worst song that's out as Eldervine. Not Oh, I'm... worst song that's out as Eldervine. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, not like... Not the old stuff. No, no, no. Worst song that's out. So people... Can I not talk gonna... about your old stuff? No, because no, people aren't going to know okay. it. You need to tell them something. Your worst like song. Um, so I don't have a worst song. I think a song that I wouldn't listen to as much um, <laughs> was probably... I really shouldn't say this, I guess. Because it, it... You can say this, can't you? <laughs> um... I don't know. I should go. On, say it. Say it. Um, say the it. song that I probably wouldn't listen to would be 
party on your own. Uh, yeah, fair enough. I wouldn't say it's a worse song. I just I wouldn't listen to it. I'd skip There's it. better songs. I feel that. That's fine. There's definitely. And what's your favourite song of mine? I, I I love daughter just because of of what you went through, and, and I was part of that at the time. I was like um, really raging and, and and a bit angry to be honest with you. I think you know that when when I, you know you, you describe it in the song, don't you? Like you know you're kind of your first love, and I could see that. And and I was knew you were gay, like from being a kid, but I could see that you were struggling a bit, and and we have that piss taking mentality, and I was kind mm-hmm. of taking the Mickey a wee bit, but I remember when it came out, the response, you know, what I mean, of the person who wasn't happy about the the relationship, and then I think I had a bit of a debate with her, didn't I? <laughs> a um, debate is like the nice way of putting it. <laughs> but I mean, that was, I mean. I think some people would be like, "Oh my God, don't get your 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 dad involved." But like, I know that was so nice. You you definitely always had my back. Oh yeah. Like always will. Without any question, I didn't even need to ask you to do that. You were straight yeah. like onto this person, and you're actually surprisingly eloquent about it as well. I don't think you ever had to. <laughs> no, but really, you weren't like it wasn't like you're yeah. like you actually mm-hmm. put her in a place, but with wise words. I feel. Yeah. Um, I could yeah. identify with daughter. Much more than I can identify with naked alone, for example. Oh, God, okay, that's not, we don't need to open that. It goes against everything that you taught her, but I'm sorry, man, I'm in love with your daughter. Said, what about kids? All the hopes I had for her. Well, I'm sorry, man, I'm in love with your daughter. So you are obviously really, really supportive of my music. You came to like every. I don't even you've, you've missed one gig maybe. Yeah. Out of like, I mean not as Aldervine, but when I was busking and yeah. doing gigs around Newcastle and every pub and club. Yeah. Um, my dad never missed. I think he missed about like one. One. I had to be working in Plymouth. Yeah. And I was, which I was is crazy. He must have done hundreds of them, and he yeah. had to listen to the same shite songs on my guitar like over and over and over again. Um, and I also had no concept of what like songwriting was or what structure was, so these songs went on for about seven minutes. So like <laughs> they were awful. I won't sing the one that don't, went on for seven okay, minutes. Okay, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> but what I was going to ask is that you were so supportive of me. Do you think that if you told your parents you wanted to be a pop star when back in the day when you were my like my age, would would they have been as supportive? What would they have said? Would like I feel like you have not you were hands on, not like yeah. you know like you said like these pushy kind of show parents yeah. like. But you were present and supportive and encouraging. Do you think your parents would have been the same? I, I don't know. I mean, I never had that like talent or gift that you had, that natural talent or gift. If I'd been an amazing footballer, I, I, I'll be honest with you. My, like my my dad would. I, I never went anywhere with him. I was just talking about really? this the other day. I never went to a museum or a restaurant or were anything. Were you close? Not at no, all. no, not at all. Um, really? Not in the slightest. My mum would have been proud of us do you know what I mean but I think she probably wouldn't have I don't know what she, she would have done but with you I loved music I had lots of contacts locally I guess in the music sense mm-hmm. so it was it was easier for me in the sense that as soon as I knew you had that talent and that gift it was like well let's get out there and like and I remember you being absolutely terrified on your first gig um, well, not just the first gig, but the, the first single, yeah. first fifty gigs. I think you used to be terrified, and 
And remember, it's used to funny see looking back because these pe- there would have been two people in the room at the oh. surf cafe on the first night I played or something. Well, actually, there was a few people. Sam Fender was doing the buskers night actually, and he was the one who was like doing my mic stand, sorting the sound out. And your first gig, crazy. He was first there. gig, first time I ever played in front yeah. of anyone, and Sam, Sam was there. Yeah, I know. That was the first time I met Sam. It's crazy. And he was um he was behind the bar and he was helping you, and I seen him about a night two nights later, and I said, oh, thanks for doing that, and I remember him saying. That was sick, and I was mm-hmm. like, "What do you mean by that?" I didn't realize that's sick. Was <laughs> I was like, Aww. "Wasn't done with the kids," you know what I mean? Aww. But but and then I remember another time when you had a, a um, booking in Durham, oh, and, I God. To, and I, I don't know, I, I did something wrong with my car or something, so we had to jump in a taxi, taxi, eighty quid. And when we got there, there was, was like nobody. One person there. Yeah. I don't think there was anybody there in the was, place. There was the, there was one person. It was the guy that the promoter that put on the fucking yeah. gig. And the Bless taxi him. driver. And the taxi driver came watching. <laughs> he as well. did. Bless so you might we as well were like, wait. We need you to take us back afterwards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was me, you, the taxi driver, the promoter, and I just spent eighty quid on. And the I taxi. got, I think I got paid sixty quid for the gig, and I had to give straight back there. Did yeah. Uh, no, I didn't. Never ever give us any money back. <laughs> don't be saying that on the mic. Oh my God. No. What would you tell your younger self if you could go back and meet Nigel in that photo and sit mm. and just tell him anything? It doesn't even have to be advice. Just like, what would you? Um, I mean, I'd tell him to be a bit more, have a more belief in himself. Mm-hmm. I think um, tell him to be uh, maybe more at ease with himself. Like you don't have to try to be somebody else. Um, you know what I mean? That I think like the most liberating thing is for me growing up was when I did actually feel comfortable in my own skin and thinking, you know what I mean? I don't when have to. When was that? When was that moment? I, honestly, I, I think it was like in my late twenties because really? I think, because I'd gone to, I'd studied then and I'd gone to university and I just, I felt, you know, more self-worth, I guess, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, so that's the difference, I think, between you, you and I. I've seen that in you much, much earlier, which is which is fantastic. And I'm not saying that, you know, I influenced in that in, in any way. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of influencing, uh, influencing factors, but 100% it definitely took me until my late 20s, I think, to reach that, that point in my life, do you know what I mean? And then I never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Eldervine and that was Growing Pains. Thank you so much for listening. I was with my dad today, Nigel. Thanks for coming on, Dad. My pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> also, a massive thank you to Levi's for letting us use their studio. Hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow me on Spotify or wherever you find your favourite shows to be updated with each new episode. <laughs>